Hi, this is your host Corbin, your guide for John G. Alvidson's The Karate Kid Part 3. Before we get into the making of the film, allow me to take you back to 1989 to remember the top movies released that year. They were The Dead Poet Society, Back to the Future Part 2, Kiki's Delivery Service, When Harry Met Sally, The Little Mermaid, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Field of Dreams, one of my favorite of that year, Driving Miss Daisy, The Burbs, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, The Abyss, and Pet Cemetery. Of those films, if you're interested to hear our thoughts on some of them, Alan and I have reviewed Back to the Future Part 2 and Pet Cemetery, and we do have a Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure movie review series coming early 2021. That year, Best Picture of the Year went to Rain Man. After the enormous success of The Karate Kid Part 2, it's no wonder Columbia Pictures greenlit a third installment, maintaining the same leads and crew. In Part 2, Miyagi told Daniel of how his ancestor had passed karate down through the ages. Capitalizing on that idea, director Alvidson wanted Daniel and Miyagi to time travel to China to see Miyagi's ancestor learn the art of karate, with Pat Morita playing both parts. It's no surprise the idea of time travel came up for a story concept, considering it was immensely popular at that time. Remember, Back to the Future was a smashing success only a few years later, and its sequel came out this year, and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure clearly took advantage of that, and a few years later, another karate movie for kids also would use time travel, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Obviously, the time travel idea never came to fruition, Instead, the filmmakers decided to rework major story elements of Part 1 and Part 2 in order to bring the series full circle. This installment sees the return of Martin Cove as the nefarious John Kreese, master of the Cobra Kai. Unfortunately, he's only in the beginning and end. He was meant to play a larger role, but had scheduling conflicts with hard time on planet Earth. Instead, Thomas Ian Griffith stepped in to play opposite Daniel as his dark mentor. For Daniel's new love interest this time, Robin Lively was cast, but due to Macho being 11 years older and she being merely 16, the two couldn't have a romantic relationship, therefore they share a platonic friendship. Despite the first two installments each earning an Academy Award nomination, Part 3 received the dishonor of five major Razzie nominations. Worst Picture, Worst Actor, Macho. Worst Supporting Actor, Morita, Worst Director, and Worst Screenplay. No budget information is available for this film, but going off the $13 million budget last time, and how well that film did, we can guess it's around that number, if not a little higher. Opening at number 3 at the box office on Friday, June 30th, 1989, proved waiting 3 years was simply too long to keep moviegoers interested in the series. Part 3 did beat out the other two opening weekend contenders, Great Balls of Fire and Do the Right Thing, but it stood no chance against these other major summer blockbusters. The top five that weekend were Batman, Honey I Shrunk the Kids, The Karate Kid 3, Ghostbusters 2, and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Today, the film holds a 5.2 rating according to the users of IMDb and a 2.5 out of 5 on Letterboxd. The film holds an abysmal 36 meta score and a truly awful 15% critic approval rating and a 35% audience approval on Rotten Tomatoes. Audiences straight out of the theater, according to CinemaScore, 
gave the film a disappointing B-. Many years later, even the director himself, John Alvidson, disowned this film, saying in an interview back in 2015 that The Karate Kid Part 3 was a poor imitation of the first one. It was a horrible movie. But is this really the worst in the franchise? Well, you'll have to find out with Alan and I next week. Thank you listeners for coming along with me as I have been your guide to the production and impact of this film. Now that you have your guide to The Karate Kid Part 3, make sure to subscribe to the podcast for Alan and I's full review coming next Monday, and tune in the week after as we move on to Hilary Swank in The Next Karate Kid. Hey listeners, it's Corbin. Don't forget to check out the exciting links in the description below that will connect you with more great movie reviews for your listening pleasure and our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter page. And of course, our official website where you can read great articles and sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Also, if you want exclusive bonus content such as extra movie reviews, movie commentaries, and our thoughts on the latest movie news and trailers, plus more, then check out our Patreon page. It's a great way to help keep this show free, and it gives you great content that's yours to keep. All of that and more is found in the description below. Don't forget to subscribe whether you're on YouTube, Apple, Google, or Stitcher, or your favorite podcast service. And while you're at it, please leave us a five-star review so other movie lovers can more easily find our podcast. We love talking about movies, and we love talking about them with you. So don't forget to share with your friends and family, and we'll see you next week, listeners. The Silver Screen Guide podcast is edited and produced by Alan and Corbin. Intro and outro music is created by Thomas Rankin. The thoughts and opinions herein expressed are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those held by Silver Screen Guide. Silver Screen Guide is not affiliated with any company or individual involved with the creation of this movie or TV show. No portion of the podcast may be used without express written permission from Silver Screen Guide.